it's Sunday, and you know what that means. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday. I know we usually put these up on Mondays, but for those of you that don't know, well, first off, welcome to Sap Wrestling. I am one of your hosts, 617. The guy over here to my left is the one and only Puppet Master 2191. And normally we do record these things on Monday and try and get it out to you as soon as we can. Unfortunately, all hell broke loose down here in Texas where I live, where the podcast is recorded right now. Yeah, we're not used to seeing this kind of bullshit that you northerners are seeing. We're we're just gonna say for for Texas, hell froze over. Oh shit! Beyond that, dude. Normally, Texas winter, fifty, sixty degrees. You know, we're still yeah, walking around in shorts, shorts, shirts, tank tops, shit like that, right? The occasional we'll get a freeze come in. What we call the freeze, you know, anywhere around 32 degrees Fahrenheit, zero Celsius for those across the pond in Europe that are on the metric system. We're not used to seeing temperatures dip down to 7 degrees, 12 degrees. Nah, fuck that. We're not used to seeing the white fluffy shit fall from the sky. Maybe after a hurricane down here on the coast, but we're not used to just out of the norm. Out of the norm. Okay, y'all can keep that fluffy shit up there. We don't want that shit down here. We're used to ice. We can deal with that because we don't see it that often. But snow? No, fuck that. No. <laughs> no. Holy hell. I still have snow on my roof and in my backyard, dude. It was oh, 64 still... degrees today. 64 degrees. And yeah. the snow, the pile is legit. It's about that big and about that long, about that wide. And it's right yeah, back we, behind my fucking office. By the we ACS. still have, yeah, we still have snow here, and, and it's just, been in the 50s today. It, it's so it. The reason it is, it's it's compact into a nice little ball. Now I know for a fact if I go break it up, it's gonna it's gonna melt, dissolve, and go away. But it's the fact that it the snow is so cold, it's just it's keeping it intact. It's keeping it frozen. Did you but, make a snowman? No, we didn't have no snow on the. You Dude, tried to make a snowman. I stayed up till 5 a.m. I saw the snow coming down. I woke the wife up. I drug her ass to the window so she could see the snow. I went my took my ass to bed and woke up at 3 o'clock the next afternoon. I went to the backyard to go see what the backyard looked like. And I saw the footprints for where my wife went out in the backyard. And then turned around and came back in. She didn't go very far because it was fucking 12 degrees outside. She wasn't staying out in that shit for very long. <laughs> no, I didn't go out in it, dude. I just, I, fuck it, I'm staying in the house. Dealing with my I, heaters, heaters running nonstop. Today's the first day of this week that my heater has actually stopped. Holy fucking hell. Lawsuits are going up against ERCOT right now because of their stupidity in this whole situation. But yeah, oh man. I don't want to go to that shit anymore. Northerners, y'all, y'all go through this shit every year. You know how to deal with it. You know what's what's going on. You know how to drive in this shit. Nobody down here does. We had 180 accidents this weekend, this week, from people driving in that shit just in Houston alone. No. <laughs> we do not know how to drive on snow and ice. And that shit shows. See, we know how to, um, mm -hmm. mainly because here in Tennessee, we do occasionally get snow. We just don't get it in December. We end up getting it January, February like this. But um, 
but like the last time we got a snow like it snowed like it did here yeah i'm pretty sure i was in high school <laughs> and i've been out of high school six let's see i graduated in 06 16 would be 10 years so almost 15 years now this year will be 15 years this year will be my 20th I shit you not. <laughs> well, okay. I also had to spend an extra year in high school, so you know there was that. Oh man, fun times, dude. Fun times. What's on the agenda for tonight? You people are probably wondering. Tonight oh, we are talking. Hey, hey <laughs> wait, six, six. You ready? <laughs> Shabam! Nice. Got I forgot to order my shit. I forgot to order mine. I'm gonna have to order it. Maybe after we get done with the podcast, I'll throw it on the the block. So the the there. green uh, the green apple was really good. Um, the cherry limeade was super tanky. Um, but it was good. Yeah. It just because of how tart. Well, I guess tart the tartness of it. Yeah, it was really hard to drink super fast. Oh yeah. The cookies. The cookies and green. That's the one I want to know about. The cookies and cream taste like an Oreo in a glass. Nice. Um, and what was the other one? Uh, oh, I had the dragon fruit, or yeah, the dragon fruit mango one. Yeah. Yeah, those were the five that I ended up with. Uh, two of the green apple. Um, the dragon fruit mango, super good. The two the two flavors together, like neither one overpowered the other, and it was like a really good taste. Um, granted, I got the the starter kit, which was the shaker and the five samples. Yep. Um, needless to say, the five samples were gone by the next day. <laughs> uh, but they were good. Flavors were all all amazing. Now, um, you, do know, you do know that it says to limit the number per day, right? You know. You know. <laughs> I'm just looking out for your health, man. Look, I tried the... I got it. I drank the green apple. Then I drank the... Um... The dragon fruit mango. Yeah. And then we had uh, baked ziti for supper that night. And I had a sweet tooth. And I got to look and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna drink this cookies and cream and have it for dessert. <laughs> So there went three of them right off the rip. Then I mixed up the next day. I mixed up the um, the cherry limeade. It lasted me all that day, and then the next day is when. So th they've lasted me three days. Um, but I actually have a tub of the great popsicle on the way. Uh, they were running a deal to where when you order a tub. If you used a certain code, you get a free shaker for every tub you ordered. Nice. So if you ordered three tubs, you could get three shakers for free. Nice. Um, downfall, me saying that, you couldn't use my my code, which is Puppet Master at checkout, gets you 10% off. Right. <laughs> um, right. But I, you know what? When you're looking at it like that, and you're buying shaker, or you're buying the tubs, and you're getting a 15... I think the shaker's like 15, 20 bucks. You're getting them free 
and it's every tub you buy, you can put a shaker in and use that one code kills all the shaker per cost. Nice. So, I mean, you save more money in the long run that route than using my code on that one. Right. Uh, and that that's my biggest thing. It's making sure everyone can save, you know, save, save, money. save money. Right. If it means I don't get a kickback from it, then oh well. Yeah, more I'm likely, not. I'm I'm probably gonna end up getting a a tub of the um the cookies and cream, and then I may get a sample, like a sampler pack. Yeah. On top of that, just so I can see what they're all like. Yeah. Just because. Uh, like I said, I the the green apple was really good. Like it was dead on green apple, like a green apple Jolly Rancher. Um, that, that, that's the one tub that if I bought, I would have to mind myself on because I would drink (laughs) it like it was Kool-Aid. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I'm going to make sure the sample I have has that in it. Yeah. Uh, I've heard the fruit punch is really good. It's another one of the extreme ones. Um, the, I think it was the dragon fruit mango was a hydration. Uh, which was that one was really good. Real the flavors, like I said, the flavors weren't too overpowering for one another. Right. Um, but we are here to talk about a very, very influential man today. Yep. Uh, for not having as big of a career as you know the likes of Austin Rock Taker. Hogan, Andre, Hunter, Sean, you name it. But for what little time that he did finally, you know, kind of step into the spotlight, he just, he took over. Yep. Um, And I think, I think what's more important is not necessarily the legacy that he leaves behind in the ring, but the legacy that he, the legacy and impact that he had outside of the ring. Right. A legacy that's still going strong today. Yes. With the implement of his son having a contract with the company and his son being on every AEW that's out there right now and yeah. Um and uh, that being said, you know, if you've not caught on by now, we're today's episode is going to be about Brody Lee. Um we're going to kind of overlook his career. Um, and then tell some of the stories that we've we've found from that have been shared uh, from others within the wrestling community, whether it be wrestlers or fans or whatever. Yeah. Um. But and, and we did do the we did do the Brody Lee tribute. Um. And I, I believe didn't we do an, a whole episode on just the tribute show alone? I think he got or with or. Yeah, that's what it was. We roped it in with the. It was done at the beginning of, an, of another podcast. Yeah, that we did. Yeah, we did the after he passed. We did the ten bell. Yeah, we did the ten bells and everything. And everything. And we, I think it was like an hour. We covered the tributes and everything that they did, and then we yeah. went into the recap of another pay per view. I think it was, was a pay per view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Um, I don't really have a real format. 
for this one. I just yeah, figured we just kind of wing, and we're gonna talk about our favorite. Yeah, I'm, me, I'm, I'll, from... I'll tell you right now, my favorite match that I can recall. Um, it's it's gonna be some of his matches from AEW. Not saying that he didn't have good matches in W in the WWE because he did, yeah. but. You know, he had a dog collar match in AEW with Cody Rhodes. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, he challenged Moxley for the AEW championship, and they put on a hell of a match. Um, great, great match. Yeah. Uh, like his AEW run while it was short was m- much was felt more significant in AEW than I think it would have anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, he um, he got the the recognition and everything that he needed from AEW more than he did from WWE. W, yes. Cuz he had, that in I, AEW, I he can had agree. More creative control over what he was doing and what was going on than he did in WWE cuz WWE just kind of said this is what we need you to be, you know, this is what you're going to be. You're going to be Luke Harper and <laughs> That's pretty much it. That was all he was. There's really nothing else. He didn't have much of a career in the WWE. Besides Luke Harper, so. AEW, he fast forwards. He gets let let go from WWE, moves on to AEW, and they open him up and like, yeah, have fun. Uh, The only thing that that I I wish would have got to happen was the original plan for his debut. Because um, I think that would have been just something awesome to see. Right. Because um, I think the original plans for his debut was he was actually going to debut in his hometown of Rochester, New York. Yeah. Uh, and then... I think it was like the week going into that is when the quarantine and the pandemic and the shutdown of the world and yeah. um that just kind of threw a, hamp- a damper on everything. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I I walked away so I could fix fix me the glass. I needed, I needed something to keep my my whistle wet. <laughs> yeah, I got soda here because they replaced the soda out of tea right now. See, I had tea and I ended up drinking all the damn tea. Well, uh, see, the, the, the tea that I get is the artificial sweetened one, the ones with yeah. sweetened with Splenda because I'm diabetic. Right. So, and every place is sold out of them because freak ice storm coming in and everybody's panicking and freaking out and buying every damn thing in the store so you're kind of screwed you can't get it and i just gotta wait on all the trucks to come in and restock everything yeah get shit Running as oh. fuck. but no what i was saying was uh i, th- I think that would have been an amazing 
Like that would have been an amazing live reaction yeah. to see Brody Lee coming out as the exalted one. Uh, which oddly enough originally was not going to be Brody Lee. Um the exalted one was actually considered at first to be Matt Hardy. Um and then Jericho is the one who said Honestly, I think Brody Lee could pull this off better. <laughs> and Tony was like, "Well, okay. Let's do it." to lose um now what is that saying that his debut was not good no not at all uh his debut was still done amazingly yeah. um but i think hearing that kind of like when during the tribute show when uh eric redbeard showed showed up right and the they had they had opened up more seats for more fans to be there for that, right. and like the the pop just from seeing Eric Eric come out and get involved in the match was amazing. Okay. Um, now had Daly's place been completely filled, I'm pretty sure that pop would have been probably twelve times louder. Oh, yeah. But it was still loud for the limited number that was in there. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like, uh, and then there's there's some other things that have that have been released since then about details and whatnot. Um, his wife did a podcast, did the uh, AEW Unrestricted podcast, where she goes into detail, and like she broke down the entire timeline of everything happening. Um. She also revealed that due to COVID and everything, they ended up not doing like a memorial or a service for Brody. So his his service or his memorial was legitimately the AEW tribute show. And she said, I felt with the way that the world, like this condition the world is in. And then after doing that, I don't think there's anything that we could have done for him that would have been better than what was already done. Right. Um, so everyone who was live in attendance and everyone who watched it, that like they were seeing the actual service. Right. Um, which I thought was really cool. Um and like I said, his his wife went in um on that on that podcast and literally broke everything down. Um, and uh, long story short, the the cause of death. One of the words was like idiosyncrasy or idiosyncratic or something like that. She said essentially the way that they described that to me is that one word in it is clear. Just literally says we have no idea why. Yeah, that's pretty much what um, it is. Unfortunately. He has... Uh, he, he had got... Or while his body was trying to recover, his body 
somehow had attacked his lungs, but essentially his lungs, like his entire lungs were essentially scar tissue at that point. Yeah. Um, and they were trying to get him on the transplant list to get him a transplant. Now, had that happened, a lung transplant, would you're not going to be able to go back to the ring. No. Um, because there's so many things that you have to do afterwards to care and make sure everything stays the way that it needs to. Right. Um, not to mention you're on anti-rejection meds and all that shit. Correct. And that was... Uh, like I said, that podcast, uh, that podcast was one of those, it, it was, it was a real heavy, real deep podcast, but it was directly from her, from her, from Amanda, from his wife. Right. Um, and she was like, you know, I haven't been asked to do this. I actually asked them, could I do this? Could I be on here? Can I? She said, I know I don't have to give anyone more explanation or details, but I feel like you deserve it. Right. Um, it just, it, it's... Yeah, if you, when it all if went you, down, nobody knew what the hell was going on. Nobody knew what happened. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the hell happened? Like Everyone why? was... Well, it's COVID, it's this, no, no. And she breaks down. She goes, at one point, her and Brody were both saying, we just want to get a positive from, from one of these tests that we're taking, that they're giving him. Right. Because then at least we know what it is. Right. But, like, the entire time, they, they didn't. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um. So, that was one of those things, um. And then when it came time for the end-of-life phase of things, uh, that actually, she she went into detail and she said that she just got home because uh, they were in Jacksonville at the Mayo Clinic. And Brody and them lived in Tampa. So she had just got home Christmas Eve. Uh, and... Literally, she said I th that she'd probably been home for a couple hours, and one of the doctors from the hospital had called her and said, um, we need to talk about doing end of life. When can you be here? And she goes, I just landed in Tampa because it's Christmas Eve, and I planned on spending Christmas Eve and Christmas with the boys. And he said, well, I'm going to need you to get back on the plane and get down here. And she said, no, here's the thing. You can't make me do that. I'm telling you I need a couple days to yeah. get everything prepared, and then we can do this. Yeah. Um. And then she got a call from one of the nurses, and the nurse completely apologizing and everything, uh, which she had already knew. Like, she had told the nursing staff and the other doctors I'm going home for Christmas. I do not want phone calls of bad news, this, that, and the other. I'll call each day and I'll get a, you know, get a report on what's going on. And I will be back here the, the day after Christmas. Yep. Um, she said, but just for, just for these two days, I want to focus on the boys. Right. Uh, now. She should be able to. 
exactly i was going to say i don't see anything wrong with that that's what should have been done um because you've got you've got a an eight-year-old and a four-year-old i think yeah anyway you've got you've got two small children that aren't aware that their dad is laying in a bed dying and don't really know what's going on other than their dad is and it's Christmas. And while the one thing that they probably both wanted the most was dad to be home for Christmas, they needed to have as normal of a Christmas as possible um, before their world was completely ripped away from them. Exactly. Um, but she goes into detail. Um, she called. She made two phone calls. Uh, the day of when they were going to end up telling Brody Jr. what was going on. And that was also going to be the day that they pulled the plug on life support. Yeah. So she made two phone calls. First phone call she made was to Cody Rhodes. And she went into detail. She said I was talking to him and I, I, I told him, um, I, I have a really big favor to ask of you. And you can say no, it would be perfectly fine, and I would completely understand it. And then she told her, she told him, you know, Brody was really close to you and to your father. And I'm going to have to tell Brody Jr. what's going on. And I don't even know how to relate with that, but you do. Would you mind being there when I told him? She said, Cody said, I t- I do you one better. I'm getting in the car now. I'm in Atlanta. I'll be in Jacksonville in about four hours. And literally got in the car while he was on the phone with her and started driving for Jacksonville. The second phone call she made was to Big E. And she called Big E and told Big E the same thing. Um, And E lives in Tampa. And E instantly started driving to for Jack, headed straight for Jacksonville. Um, so you know you've got Big E who looked at Brody's family like they are family, yeah. and then you have Cody Rhodes, and uh, she went on to tell him that uh, when she went on, as she told the story, she told him the. Uh, the one request that she had from Cody that he could have said no to was that when she told Brody Jr., he she wanted him to be beside him. Um, and it ended up, when she told it, bruh, there was Biggie and Cody Rhodes, and they had Brody Jr. sandwiched between the two of them <laughs> just in case he decided to go, you know, hysterical like a kid should being right. told that that they were both there to comfort him whichever one he needed right um and like that like that for other wrestlers to be like to care about a man so much that they are more than more than willing to be there with his family and look at his family like they are family right uh that that just that says a lot yeah. um 
the is she even told who was in the uh, who was in Brody's room after they pulled the life support plug and everything when she was going to go tell Brody Jr. about what was going on there was there was individuals that was left in the room with Brody to be there while he while he did you know pass um and those were I, that was actually Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears and uh Peyton Royce Sean Sean Spears wife they were all in the room with Brody um before they got there Biggie went in and you know they they'd said things and and kind of cut up and whatnot right but um but yeah like it it's hard to imagine um and, and the funniest thing well oh I say the funniest thing it's not funny but the uh, the thing that made him realize something was wrong was Brody had came in and he looked at at his wife and he told her that uh he wasn't able to finish his ride on the Peloton. And she looked at him and she goes, huh, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. And then he went the next day and he gassed out halfway through it again and he had to quit. And he looked at her and he goes, something's wrong. I, I can't. I can't finish my rides. This has never happened. And that's legitimately, that is what even made them realize that something medically was wrong with Brody was he could not finish his Peloton rides. So in, in a, it, I say that it, it's the funniest part of it, but in a way it is because who would think you not being able to finish a Peloton ride would trigger you to be like, something's not right here. Right. Exactly. Um, and sure enough, that's, that's exactly what it was. Nothing else. He had, he didn't have a fever, didn't nothing. Not until like a few days after the whole Peloton ride things had started, had happened. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those things where you, like that's that's what made them worry that something was wrong to even start hey maybe you need to go to the doctor and have this checked out yeah um you know nowadays i guess uh, with the time it, it's not as as you know who would have thought it was a peloton ride that would make you go to the doctor cuz now someone coughs and everyone looks and they're like you need to go to the doctor to get tested but a, a an exer a piece of a, an exercise bike is what gave Brody the inclination of something's not good. I need to go to the doctor. Right, because I mean something like that's out of the norm for him. You know, for me, it's. Dude, I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't be able to finish a Peloton ride, and I wouldn't think anything of it. Right. Exactly, I'd get on the damn thing, and I'd be gassed myself. I'd be gassed fucking probably 20 minutes in. I'd be gassed just looking at the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gassed right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Man, that was, that was a hell of a ride. What'd you do? I, I opened the door and saw it and whew, I lost all air. I couldn't do it. I don't know what the fuck happened. But, um. I don't know what happened. But you stop and you look at it. Um, so I saw a picture today that was posted on Reddit. Edge Edge was the opening for one of the hockey games for today. Yeah. 
an edge is standing there with a John Huber Brody Lee shirt hockey on. shirt on. And under it, it simply says, you know what that means. Nice. And it, it you know, the blue maple leaf, Brody's face in dead center, John Huber across the top, you know what that means at the bottom. Right. And it's just like, this man had an impact on more than just, you know, wrestling. Right. Like, this man had an impact that, that affected a lot of people outside of wrestling, too. Yeah. Um, this is also a man who would leave Jacksonville at 3 in the morning after they get done with TV and taping of Dark, and he would drive home rather than just kind of wait and catch the next flight. He would drive home because it would put him getting home two hours sooner. Right. So he would be there when his boys woke up and he could see him off to school. Dedicated family man there. Exactly. Like, no matter how tired he was, he was going to make it home to his boys. Right. So when they woke up, dad was there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and that's the thing. Um, to see for the rumble, to see the tribute gear that was war. Um, to see on the tribute show the gear that was wore by different wrestlers. Yeah. Um, Lance Archer again made me do a double take several times because uh, for a second it felt like Brody was standing there. Right. In that Luke Harper get up. Um, seeing John Silver come out in his Brody Lee gear. Right. Um. Just the hearing the stories of the superstars talking about Brody. Um, Billy Gunn's son, Austin, Austin Gunn, has a freestyle out. Apparently, Austin Gunn can rap. I've listened to it, it's not bad. I give him credit. But in there, he's talking about, um, he he makes a reference to uh, Sheeta, the AEW Women's Champ, and then he turns around. He goes, "And what I wouldn't give just to speak to Brody Lee one more uh, to see Brody Lee in the locker room again." Right. Like this is this is someone who's second generation in this business, talking about how. Someone like Brody, that was someone that uh, what he would give just to share one more conversation with him. When he, he's got a father who's a Hall of Famer. And it's like, what I wouldn't give just for one more conversation with Brody Lee again. And it's just like, that, that tells you something. Yeah, and Brody was a... He was a character backstage. He, he was always playing jokes on people. He was always having a good time. It didn't matter what was going on. You knew he was having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, not many people, you know, they get back there and it, it's all serious business and don't mess with me, don't fuck with me, you know, I'm here to do a job, leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. But with Brody, it was just get back there, 
kind of keeping up with the old tradition, you know, pulling pranks on your fellow workers and having fun. Or having, like, pulling people to the side and being like, hey, I watched your match. This was good. This is something that you could do to improve on. Um, Will Hobbs, Brody Lee was a big, was a big influencer in how Will Hobbs is now. Yeah. Um, he told the story of, it was like his second or third match for AEW, and he came back through the curtain, and when he did, Brody was off kind of away from, like, where Tony and the rest of them are sitting. He goes, hey, come here. And he came over and he looked at him. He said, I don't know if anyone's told you this, but you've got a future. You have a bright future. Right. Your matches are impressive. You need to work more towards this. Like this style. If you do that, no one could stop you. No one can deny it. Right. And then he started working that way. And that's when he went from being on Dark to being on AEW Dynamite and being in these angles and then being part of Team Taz. And it was one of those moments like he had that, he got that opportunity to tell Brody, thank you for, you know, just pulling me to the side and giving me those words. Right. Um, and he did that with everyone. Like Anna J, Anna J from the Dark Order uh, is the only member of the Dark Order that Brody Brody assigned the number to. And he gave her number 99. And the only person that even knew why she was number 99 was Brody. And everyone was assuming this, that, or the other. He gave her number 99 because that was Wayne Gretzky's hockey jersey number, and he was the greatest. Right. So he gave her 99 and gave her the nickname of Queen Breaker because she choked out Brandy Rhodes in a segment on Dynamite. So she was 99, the Queen Breaker. Right. And he would tell people, I don't care what you do, do not mess with her. Let her do her thing and let her be her, and she will make you money. And to this day, that is the one rule with Anna Jay. Let her do her and no one get in her way. <laughs> right. Don't fuck with her. Get out of her way. Listen, Brody handpicked her. Y'all better just stay away. Right. You don't want Brody coming after you. But like, and, and she told that story and she was like, you know... It was hard to believe when I finally had heard that, that he saw something in me that I I didn't even see. Right. And then to hear that story and to find out that the number was based off hockey that I know absolutely nothing about, but it made him laugh any time someone asked him what the number 99 was, why she was number 99. Yeah. Because you had... You had Uno and Grayson, which was Dose, too. Right. Uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, three and four. You had Alan Angel, which was five. Colt Cabana. 
and then Anna J and Vance. Anna J got 99 and Vance got number 10. So they skipped 7 and 8 all together. Yeah. Um but like uh, watching I'll I'll be honest, watching his dog collar match brought back memories from where I I one of my favorite pay-per-views was the very first Starcade with Rowdy Piper and Greg Valentine's dog collar match. If you've not seen that match, go watch it. It's bloody, it's violent, but it tells a hell of a story. And when Brody and Cody were standing across the ring with this dog collar and this heavy log chain attached, you know, attaching them, right. it was bloody, it was violent, and it told one hell of a story. Like and to have Greg Greg Valentine in the crowd and then come backstage and look at them and tell them that no one could have done that better than them. This is the guy who was in the first dog collar match. Right. Telling you that him and Piper couldn't have done it better than they did. That if if that's not a seal of approval, I don't know what is. Exactly. Um but you know, we talking about his work in AEW. You also got to stop and take a look at his work in WWE. Um, Luke Harper, the Wyatt family. Uh, he had an Intercontinental Championship reign. Tag team at least, too, at least, yeah, least. at least one of those. Um, and then he had several tag team championship runs with Eric. Right. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers, the Wyatt family, uh, Harper and Rowan, whatever you want to call them. Right. Um, just to see see the the, the relationships that he built. Um, I one of the one of the tributes, like when the news broke that Brody Lee had passed, one of the tributes that kind of hit me was the uh, post that Bray Wyatt had posted. Yeah. Like Bray Wyatt doesn't post a lot of things that are that are out of character or stuff of that nature. Right. Normally it's cryptic or it's pictures of like him or family or kids or whatever on his Instagram. And in this one, it was a picture of him and Brody and Braun and it was Brody, Braun and Rowan. And Bray was laying across them. And yeah, Bray was laying across the three of them. Right. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And like the the things that he put in the message, he was talking about how he couldn't believe that it was real, and he kept wanting to just wake up from this horrible nightmare. Right. And how he, you know, they had plans to take over the world when they retired by taking by hitting all the bingo halls and doing the <laughs> old man white family gimmicks, and right. he was gonna be the one to be able to put Brody Jr. over all the time. And now that now his brother was gone, and he he didn't know how to what to do. 
like just to read that. I mean, could you imagine the four of them just going to a bingo hall? Oh my god! Complete white gimmick with fucking Braun Strowman walking in with that damn black sheep mask on. Oh, it, it would <laughs> be hilarious. <laughs> You just walk in, go, walk to the back, and sit down, and take some cards and everything, and just sit there and just stare yeah. the Like, um, and then the the other one that got me was Big E. Like, man, Big E. You could tell Big E had, was going through it. Yeah. You know. Um, but there again. Then to turn around and see AEW do that tribute show on Wednesday. The Monday night prior to that, you see all of them, you know, acknowledging Brody. Right. Um, you saw Natalia do the discus clothesline. You saw Xavier Woods, his little scrawny self, do the do the taunt followed by the discus clothesline looking like a big man. Right. Um McIntyre incorporating yeah 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 in his promo. Alexa Bliss doing the same in her promo. Right. Um. When they kicked off Raw, they you know one I think it was Todd Phillips had said it's Monday, so you know what that means. And then another one of the announcers at the table goes yeah yeah yeah. Right. And like like to see all of the different people just acknowledging that they lost someone that was important to them. Right. And then when the tribute show rolls around, the video package that they did for it, it wasn't just him in AEW. Right. There was pictures with him and E. There was pictures with him and Braun and, and Eric and, and Bray. And there was the picture where... All of them had made the T-shirt with Brody Lee's face on it, and the yeah, 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 right. as a as a joke to him as his first merch. Right. And so you see Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, like all of these people that aren't even in a like they were included in this video package. Yeah, fan tribute. I and I I will say this hands down, there will never be a tribute show that tops that. Like I know. They AEW could put on another tribute show for someone, and it will not be better than the Brody Lee one. I will say that hands down. There, nothing will be better. No. Um, not saying that they're not going to be good and they're not going to be fitting, but you're not going. That was the perfect tribute show. Yeah. Every even though you you knew what every outcome of the match was of the matches were going to be. Dark Order was going clean, clean sleep that night. Right. And sure enough, Dark Order clean swept that night. Cody Rhodes didn't even take the pinfall in the main event. Ten did, who is not even a main event wrestler. Ten took the pin, took, took the pinfall win right. in the main event of Dynamite that night. Like... That's what I'm saying. You could, you could, you could have booked any kind of show that night, but the way that that show was booked was perfect. All the matches were good. Everyone was in it. Everyone was emotional. The tributes from the guys, the video package of them talking about who was inside and outside the ring. Then the final tribute 
the present presenting Brody Jr. with the TNT Championship. Right. Like it, nothing, nothing would have could have been better. Exactly. Um. Uh, but just to kind of even point more on the influence that he had or the impact that he made with the with the guys or, or with everyone in the sport. You had you've got a tag team that changed their finishing move name to what his nickname was as tribute to him. Right. And now every time they use that tag finish, everyone's saying Brody Lee's nickname now. Right. Uh, and that's FTR. They they changed the Shattered Machine or the whatever they were calling it in. I actually, I think they were still calling it the Shattered Machine. I think they were calling it Shattered. I think they still could call it the Shattered Machine. It was either Shatter Shattered Machine or, um, I'm pretty sure it was Shattered Machine still. Um, but now it's called the Big Rig, which was Brody Lee's nickname. He got it from Dusty and in, in NXT. So, like, just just for that kind of impact, you know, people are taking things that they've they've made, like fin- finishing moves they've made the name for, and they're like, we don't need that name. We're gonna call it Big Rick. It deserves it. We want to honor him this way. Right. When we hit that finish, everyone's going to hear his name. Exactly. Um. Like stuff like that, it's just like, stuff that you don't see in wrestling nowadays. Um, nah, and people like, just and, and to see what's done, what AEW did, just what up WWE? Because who who was the last tribute show that they had that WWE had? Uh, Pat. No, like I mean, like a full-blown tribute show where they they show oh. matches of the person, and you know they came out oh. and did matches dedicated to that person. I, I don't remember them doing one after the whole Benoit. Yeah, Benoit incident. Yeah, I think it was Benoit. Not not saying that that was the last one. But that's the last one that I can remember. But I know why that one sticks out in my mind so much. That's yeah. the one that they did it, and then the next night when it was ECW events was on there saying, "Hey, with the yeah, with the what's been yeah what's been brought to light today, we're not going to be mentioning this person anymore." Right. I I can't say that that's wrong. Oh no! In, in that situation, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the way it is. That's like way, that's, that's what you gotta do to save face and everything like that. I mean, at the time of well, the incident when everything happened, you didn't know and, what was going on. Yeah, and not, and it's not just you know necessarily to save face, but you're paying tribute to a person, and then the next day it it comes out that. Now this is looking like a double murder suicide. suicide right. It 
and then he's the one who did who who killed his family and it's like do you want to really pay tribute to that person exactly like granted what he did in the ring should stand simply as what he did in the ring not what he did outside of the right but at the same time, you Google search Chris Benoit, and you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff about the double murder-suicide. Yeah, that's probably the only thing you're going to see for at least the first page. Well, you'll see the wiki. <laughs> well, yeah. But even even that, dude, I mean, you go and you look at the Wikipedia article, and they redirect you. There, there's a link that will direct you to the Chris Benoit double murder-suicide. Yeah wikipedia page so and that i mean that's just i mean benoit was a damn good wrestler he was a good oh, performer hey, in the he... ring and everything and he knew how to put people over and he knew how to help people that were in a lower tier than he was to become better at what they did but unfortunately with every with what he did that's how he's going to go down in history now i was going to say had had it not been the circumstances that it was, it would not surprise me to when people were talking about the greatest of all time, his name would have been in that had it not been for what happened. Right. That and that that's sad because you know it, a lot of people want to say that it, it was it was the steroid use or it was this or it was that, but I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of factor into that. Right. Steroids play a part, yes. Let let's be honest, they did. Yeah, they did. But there's another thing that played a part in that. You know, the CTE that he underwent that was not diagnosed from all of the concussions. Right. His finisher was a diving headbutt and he wasn't it like he was doing it like dynamite did. Like yeah. he was making full impact. He wasn't, you know he was letting his head slam into someone's shoulder. Right. Like yeah, that's impact full, is full yeah. on, on it. So I mean there's a lot of things that factor into that. But hey, and then also, you know, months prior to this was Eddie passing, and that was so he lost someone who was like a brother and depression and right. That he it was a Beijing cocktail of destruction. Yeah. Unfortunately, and as sad as it is, and in this situation with Brody. It was just a series of unfortunate events that took someone who otherwise would have been probably a a champion, like a, a legitimate... He was a main eventer, but he would have had that world title run that he, he deserved. Yeah. Um, and that's... That's the part that like really hits home and sucks, uh, seeing that. Um, and for the dude to be as big as he was, man, he could move in the ring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, 
that that was the other thing that was you know man could move like it was scary how athletic or agile he was It's just you sit back and you look at everything. You see, even like now, we're like what a month, two months since his passing, and you're still seeing two months. You're still seeing how much he's influenced people in the business. They're still coming out and ring his ring attire. They're still wearing the merch. You know. People from other organizations, not just in AEW, that are doing it. It just goes to show you. Mm -hmm. Like the amount, the effect that people. I, actually, I'm not going to say the effect people can have. I'm going to say. That Brody was showing that there's still good people in the world. Yeah, still pe good people in the business, people that want to help you out, people that aren't there for themselves. They're there to make sure. Because, I mean, wrestling, it's not an individual. You have to be able to trust the guy that you're out there with. You have to be able to go out there and put on a show and trust that the guy that's sitting across from you, that's across the ring from you, is going to know what the hell he's doing. Because if he screws up, you could get killed. Correct. And there's not enough guys out there that want to take the time to show the newcomers how to do things the safe way. And the fact that Brody would actually sit there and watch other people's matches and then come up and say, hey, this is what you're doing. This is the better way to do it. And help him out. Because he knows. Later on down the line, he's going to get in the ring with that guy. And if he's still doing the shit that he's doing, he's going to seriously injure somebody or worse, kill somebody. Exactly. <laughs> and And also for him to take... Him to take, like, the time to just, not just do it as, you know, to make sure that they, but to ensure that they have a better chance of breaking out and getting that, like, getting that spotlight, getting that shine that they're, they're trying to achieve. Right. Um, knowing very well that could take a spot away from him. Right. Like, that's, that's the other big thing that. And I, that's a big reason why you don't see it a lot nowadays, because you got to earn your spot. You got to earn your chance on TV, your slot on TV. Right. And he, he's telling people how to how to be better so they can earn that spot so they can try to take his spot. Exactly. And, you know, Brody, I, I feel like Brody saw it as not necessarily 
teaching somebody so that they could replace him. It was more along the lines of a, you know, when you make money, I make money. When you eat, I eat yeah. type situation. Yes, which is it was, what it is. It was, yeah, it was for the betterment of the business right. in entirely. Yeah, it's for um, it's what's best for business. As... And it was also ensuring the future that this that this business would go on and have these spotlight stars. That way, when his son's old enough, he would be able to still come into this business. Exactly. To ensure um, that the business is still going to be yeah. there down the line many years from now, long after he passes. Correct. Because if you got guys going out there breaking each other's necks and whatnot, people are going to stop watching. It's going to get shut down because it's unsafe. You know, they're going to be under more strict guidelines. I, I know this is a Brody tribute show, but I'm also openly going to say this. I really wish Brody was still alive right now because I feel like the perfect person to be in this exploding barbar death match yeah. would have been John Moxley and Brody Lee. I believe they would have destroyed that match. They would have. Um now again not knocking Kenny Omega or you know anything like that but Brody Lee is just someone that you can picture in an exploding barbed wire death match yeah, for sure <laughs> um, for sure and he would go out there and he would sell the shit out of it and he would have fun with it and the, uh, the funny part is that Moxley had just did an interview uh, I think it was like a few days ago. And he was talking to Tony Khan before they found out Brody had got sick. Yeah. And he told him, hey, when this, um, when this, uh, when my title run is over, I want to take a, I, I want to do something in the tag division. And I already know who I want my partner to be. And Tony was like, who? He said, it's got to be Brody. <laughs> he said, because there's no one who, like, our two styles complement each other yeah. perfectly. And then, you know, if, a little bit later is when, um, I, it was like a week later is when they found out. Yeah. Uh, Brody was sick and everything. Uh, but, again... This is someone who is, this is coming from a man right now who's the main catalyst for the one door that no one thought was going to open or happen. Right. This is the man who's the reason this is happening now. Yeah. And he's saying, I want to do a tag run, and I want this person to be the person I'm tagging with. Right. Um. And if anyone isn't caught up with what I'm talking about, this man is the main catalyst for the door that no one thought would happen. That's the AEW New Japan forbidden door open, swung open, because New Japan really wants Moxley to be able to work with them. You know, in order to do that, they've got to work with AEW, so there's a there's a little bit of a partnership going there. Um, of course, it's not completely set in stone. But 
we're seeing New Japan stars in primetime, you know, American TV. Uh, which, again, so far, I'm two for three on my predictions. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, AEW has really opened, they've, they've stepped the game up. They really opened the door up, allowing other, you know, working in unison with Impact Wrestling and New Japan. They're really leaving WWE behind because they're not. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I will make this statement: if we don't see it by the end of the year, we see it next year. But I believe AEW, WWE, and New Japan will all have they will have a super show. Yeah, if if not New Japan, then at least AEW and WWE. I, I honest, well, I'll go one further. I'll think it'll be all four. I think it would be WWE, Impact, AEW, and New Japan. Yeah, I really sure. do. That's gonna be that's gonna be more than just a one day show. That's gonna be. That's why I said it would be like a super show. It's gonna have to be like an entire month dedicated to it. It's gotta be because you can't just have that all be in one little three hour, four hour show. It's gonna have to be like Mania, two nights or more recorded. Be something interested, interesting to see. That's for sure. Oh, apparently SmackDown made a uh, Chris Jericho reference as well. Hmm. During the promo, they were talking about because uh, Owens is in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And they were talking about how Owens has turned on several partners in his past, and then Daniel Bryan goes on to say, "Do you know what? There's a big name that I'm missing." And then he stops and he pauses. He goes, you know what? I should have made a list. <laughs> right. Jericho reacted to it on Twitter and goes, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the list of Jericho. You just made a list. <laughs> um, but, you know, and that's... That, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's... I mean, you got you got to sit down and think. When they do shit like that, these guys have been close. So you know Daniel Bryan probably reached out to Jericho and said, Hey, can I do this? <laughs> can I say this? And Jericho was like, Yeah, sure, why not? You'll see more of it coming up. It's not over. <laughs> So what's this weekend? Elimination Chamber is this weekend, isn't it? Tomorrow? Tomorrow, today. well, today. Today, since it is currently 2 a.m. Central Time. So for everyone who is listening or watching this, I just want to make this known. Six losing power due to the Texas hell freezing over. Threw all of our weeks out of whack. Yeah. And I want to be the first one to tell you that us not doing this podcast on Monday threw my entire day out of whack. <laughs> because, off, man. so for me, 
like me and my mental health issues, me having a routine. Yeah. Monday is a day that I look forward to. Yeah. And then it was like I woke I woke up and I saw snow here. And then I'm getting I'm watching YouTube and the news is talking about Texas is ice. And I'm just like, duh, huh? <laughs> like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> and then, then I reached out to Six and was like, hey, I just wanted to check in with you, see what time you want to do things, this, that, and the other. And the message was, we may have to postpone because I may end up being, uh, just running on generators. We don't know yet. <laughs> now... I want to be the first one to tell you I I was not upset. You know, this is something that's way beyond our control. Yeah. Um, I respect the whole fact that you wanted to make sure that we could sit and do this in one go um, and not be in the middle of it and you get hit, get hit with a rolling blackout. God, what pissed me off uh, the most about the whole thing is like, I had everything in my head that I wanted to talk about ready to go for the podcast and then they're like well and then ERCOT's like well we're gonna we're we're seeing a high usage in everybody here so we're gonna have to start doing rolling blackouts because you're not conserving power no motherfucker the reason you're seeing a high usage is we're not used to seeing temperatures in the below freezing sub-zero standards and we're running the fuck out of our heaters that number one are not capable of producing the heat to counterbalance temperatures that are 10 degrees. Yeah. You know, <laughs> freezing is 22. The temperatures we were seeing were 15 degrees and below. Parts of the area where I live were seeing temperatures in the 7, like 7 degrees. Yeah, single and digits. My heaters were running nonstop all fucking week, except for the 6 p.m. it went out on Tuesday. It came back at 1 p. No, it came back about 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Yeah, and then they were still threatening blackouts the rest of the week because they yeah. didn't know. So I'm like, yeah, you motherfuckers. So like, look, I, I've got here, animals. Here, I'm here's my to keep warm and shit. You know, I'm not worried about myself. I'm going to put clothes on. Yeah. and shit. I just every single fucking blanket that we have, we just put out all over the house for the cats to lay on. So they here, here's with. here's my issue with how that was handled. Me being, of course, I live in Tennessee. We don't have an issue with rolling blackouts. Right. Um, but you are in a state that legitimately, I don't think they've seen a winter since like the 1800s. 1899 was the last time we saw temperatures. That, yeah. Time. Okay, so 18, that's the 18th century. Mm-hmm. They didn't have heaters back then. <laughs> right, that people were, you know, then people were used to, you know, hey, we start a fire in the house, we're good to go. Right. Problem with that is, now you live in a society, and in a time where you take power, you're taking the ability from people to be able to heat their homes. Right. Um. Well, I think I know for sure that there's been deaths from where people froze to death. Mm-hmm. Because power was out and they had no way to heat their homes. There was a lady and her daughter that died of carbon monoxide poisoning because they lost power for 
two days here in Houston. And on the second day, they decided to go into their, into their garage, start the car up, fell asleep in the car just so they can stay warm, and ended up suffocating to yeah. death because of carbon monoxide. But, and that that's what I'm saying, like, no matter what, you should, like, in, in freezing weather, especially, you should not go to the whole... Okay, we're going to have to cut power. Right. No. No, 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 no. That's the one thing that people are going to need. Right. Because that is the one way that they're going to be able to heat themselves. Right. Or their animals. You know, like, we've got, you've got to have power to, to stay alive right. in situations like that in some cases. Um, I know I read an article where a boy had froze to death. Yeah. Um, because his family lived in a trailer yeah, and it was an older trailer, wasn't well insulated yep. and the power had been out for three days. The boy froze to death in his sleep mm-hmm. and I'm talking like 10, 11, 12 year old boy. Yep. And they filed a lawsuit against ERCOT too. Yeah. And like you, you, you can't, you can't take power because of stuff like that. Now, if something happens and, like, it freezes and one of the substations goes down, okay, that's one thing. At that point, yeah, part part of an area is going to lose power. So you need to make sure that you've got workers dedicated to trying to get that unfrozen and back up and going. Right. See, the problem, the, the story that I read of what happened was Texas is used to high heat. So during the summer, all of our substations across the state, I almost said across the country because, well, you know, we Texans, we like to classify ourselves as a country itself. So all of the substations, the power plants that we have, have backup generators that we fire up during the summertime to produce extra electricity and power so that we don't have an outage problem. We don't have a shortage during the summer when everybody's got their AC on blast because it's 112 degrees outside. Now what they do in the winter time, they kill all most of those backup generators and they take them offline so that they're not producing excess power and we're not overproducing or we're not using more energy. They're not producing more energy than what we're paying for because we don't run AC in the the winter time. We don't usually run the heat unless we have a few days where it's freezing cold. Then we kick the heater on, and then that's usually for like a day or two. So, now, so problem, here, here's here, this, here's hold on, hold on. Here. The problem is when the storm rolled in. By the time ERCOT decided, we better fire these generators up to get extra power because they're going to be using the shit out of what we have on reserve. Yeah, the fucking generators were frozen, and they couldn't yeah. get them to start up. Correct. So what ERCOT did. Now, I applaud them for this. They did reach out to other companies, other power companies in the surrounding states to try and buy power from them. But the problem is they were also having the same problem, so they jacked up the price. And ERCOT didn't want to pay the additional money to buy power to supply to us. Because down here, they make us sign a two-year contract and locks in our rates. 
So they couldn't pass that price onto the consumer. They would have had to eat it out of pocket, and they didn't want to do that. So instead, well, fuck it. We're going to do rolling blackouts, and we're just going to kill your power. Since you won't turn your your, your heaters down, motherfucker, it's fucking cold. And then you got our lovely senator who decided to take a fucking oh my trip the entire week to Cancun. I, I wasn't even going to bring that up. I've I've had a field day off just watching the memes from that shit. Oh, I love um, the memes. I love the fucking memes. Here's here's what I'm going to say. I've lived in Tennessee for 34 years. We have had shitty ice storms. We have had times while i've been alive for 34 years where we've been iced in um there has never been a time where ice or the state has taken the power or whether or the state has deemed that we need to shut power rolling blackouts right now our uh, our worst cause of power loss is squirrels. <laughs> yeah, because they like to get up in that fucking the power lines and shit. Or the oh no no, let me tell you, we had a squirrel take out an entire section of our grid because it got into the into one of the substations and fried the whole damn substation by it. it Apparently, I heard a noise. Ooh, shiny thing. Bam. <laughs> boom. Whole section went out. All of the schools were out of power. Damn. So we got sent home. This is while I was in high I was a senior in high school when this happened. Now, to watch this substation go kaboom. <laughs> like, they locked the school down because they thought it was a bomb. Damn. To find out it was, it was a family of squirrels that just wrong place wrong time wrong area um like that is our number one cause of power loss is squirrels that's crazy i know it's true but there's a reason why we don't have to worry about rolling blackouts and for the life of me i don't know i'll be honest i don't know how tennessee is ahead of texas in this idea uh, even better, I don't know how my little podunk town is ahead of Texas in this idea. <laughs> All of our substations yeah. have solar panels. So they're like where our substations are powered by solar. So even if we hit into the backup generators yeah. or the backup power reserve... It's constantly being charged because of the solar panels. Why does th- that? That was my thought. How does how does Pulaski, of all fucking places, we <laughs> our our power like our electric companies like we're going to use solar panels, guys. I feel like this is a good idea. Not really sure how it's going to work, but I think it's a good choice. Right. How does Texas not have substations with solar panels as big as that fucking state is? It's Texas. We're oil and gas. Even, I hey, even more reason to have solar panels for your electric company. <laughs> because our electric company likes to gouge the fuck out of us for money, and throwing electrical electric or solar panels up will fuck up their profits. 
Now I will say, like I know Texas has contracts for their electric. Um, yeah. We don't. We pay month by month. You know, we go in. Hey, I need this. I need to open up an account. This is the address. Here's the deposit. Let's run. Uh, <laughs> um, which I'm, I'm very, we're, we're not I'm very that. thankful for that. Um, how many, how many total electric companies do you have in your area? Like in my town? Yeah. One. One. One company. You know yeah. how many I have in the state of Houston? There's no telling. Close to forty. Yeah. Close to forty. Okay, and they're all about the same price per kilowatt hour. We don't have month to month down here. We have yeah. contract plans. One year, two year, three year plans. The longer yeah. the contract you get, it's like your cell phone. The longer the contract you get, or when you're buying a you car get. or a house, you know, the longer your contract is, the less you're going to pay a month and everything. Yeah. So that's what we have, you know, and yeah. we have so many fucking companies that can provide electricity to you. It's a joke. And See, they're and all governed by one body, and that one body. I don't think the that that's how that should be done. Yeah. No. Like, power is needed, period. Welcome to 2021. Everything has to have power. Right. These have to have power. Right. And to know that. A. 40. Well, okay. Houston's a pretty big area. Mm hmm. Um, but forty just seems like a little bit of an overkill, even for that big. I'm just it, saying. It, it, it's like a bunch of small, no-name companies that you would never hear of. They just come up. It's it's like they spring up overnight. It's like Jim Bob's power. <laughs> I can give you six cents six cents per kilowatt hour. <laughs> yeah, no, hell no. And then you, with Jim like Bob, our... you got Joe Bob, and then you got Billy Bob, and you got Hank Bob. They're all the same fucking brothers and everything. They all just decide to start up their own company and shit. Fuck now, it. I will I'm say... 617 Power. I'm going to make some money like, with this shit. Here's, here's what's funny. We, we were iced in. Like, we couldn't get out. Yeah. I literally picked up the phone. The power kind of like all all of our play, all of our you know businesses pretty much been shut down most of the week. Yeah, same here. Except for like the gas the gas stations. Right. For some reason, gas stations were still open even though people were having a hard time driving around. Um, but you know the gas stations were open, which was good. You know, I literally can walk across the street and go to two gas stations. Yeah. So worst case scenario, if I needed to get something, we could. Um, but. I picked up the phone, called the electric company, hit a hit a prompt on the electric company's you know automated system. Then it takes me to another automated system. I went ahead and paid the light bill and the internet bill because our electric <laughs> company also is our best internet provider in this area. <laughs> Damn, man! You see, we have internet service we have Xfinity, Comcast. We have HughesNet by DirecTV. We have Charter. I think we have Charter still. Fuck, I don't know. Down here. 
and then I think we have Google Fiber in some parts of the city. We have like a total of five, five or six ISPs down here. And the funny thing about it, in my area, I have Comcast. I'm paying for unlimited bandwidth. I have, I think it's like I'm paying for 750 megabytes per second. Okay, and we're back. After my internet hey. decided to take a shit on me. Gotta love it. <laughs> First thing that I you do know, is I, I get a message from Puppet. It's like, uh, fake Six's internet just went, or Six's just experienced a rolling blackout. I was like, no, <laughs> no, unfortunately, fortunately, no. So it's it's funny because I was actually talking about our internet here. So yeah. our our power stations have um, solar panels, and our town has fiber internet. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, we're not that big of a city at all. Right. Uh, hold on. Just so I, I get the the correct number here. Um, as of the 2019 census or the n last number that I'm, I'm able to pull up right now. Uh, 7,643 people live in my town. That's it. It's a small town. It, it is. Um, it, it really is. But we have, again, We've got solar panels, other power stations, and fiber internet. <laughs> like, it makes, it genuinely makes no sense. I will openly admit that. In Houston, Houston alone is 2.31 million people. That's the whole city surrounding areas. Just in my zip code alone, we have 40,761 people out of the so, out of the most recent census data from my zip code, 40,761. So here's some of the questions that people ask. Is Pulaski a good place to live? Uh, it's We're 45 minutes from Nashville. Eh, it takes a little bit longer than 45 minutes, but that's, I mean, roughly. We're about an hour and 15 yeah. Uh, it's a college community that is rich in Southern history. Okay. First of all, we're not even really a college community. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a quiet town. Not much of a nightlife. That is true. No nightlife whatsoever in this town. <laughs> um, but it is a nice place to raise your children. I can debate that because there's nothing for kids and children in this town whatsoever. Yeah. Now, is it a safe place? Sure. Um, it, we're a retirement town. That's why I disagree with the college community. We have we do have a college here. And the college is essentially in the center of the town. But it's not your typical party scene every night like most college towns are. No, we end up going to like Murfreesboro, Nashville, Huntsville, like 
Yeah. We travel out of towns for parties. Like that's you you travel to the surrounding areas to party. Um apparently people have asked what the ethic makeup of Tennessee is. Uh <laughs> that I'm not even <laughs> going to touch like we have we have point zero or point one percent native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islanders. Two percent Asian alone. I, I I don't know why it says alone. <laughs> um point five percent American Indian and Alaskan Native alone. Again, I don't know why it says alone, but <laughs> all of these say alone afterwards. Uh let's see. How big is Pulaski? We are seven point five zero six miles square. Yeah. Squared. <laughs> yeah. Miles squared. Somebody got out there with a damn tape measure and just started measuring. <laughs> um. Okay. Here. Now this is accurate. We are 67.98 miles. From where? Nashville. Might be 45 minutes if you're doing like 100 and something miles an hour. Okay, I take pride in this one. Um, the question has been asked, what is the whitest city in Tennessee? Luckily, it is not Pulaski, so I do take pride in that. Uh, apparently, <laughs> Knoxville is. Um, what's the whitest county in Tennessee? White County. Uh these are all answers from Google, by the way. Uh, what are the dangers of living in Tennessee? Um, here's the 10 biggest risks of living in the state of Tennessee. Awful drivers. That's true. Right. Number nine, Civil War reenactments. That is also true. <laughs> Number eight, snakes. Uh, we don't really have many deaths by snakes unless you're an idiot. Um, seven is flooding. That is true. Um, number six, I, I, I can slightly argue this, but number six reason is too much of a good thing. It really depends on, it really depends on what you're considering a good thing. I think probably one of our highest death rates is due to methamphetamine. Yeah. Um, number five, rabid. Rabid football fans. That is true. <laughs> Rabid for football some, fans. For some reason, the Titans and the uh, Tennessee Volunteers. You say anything about those, you're liable to get stomped. I'm ne a fan of neither, so you can imagine the dangers of being me. Uh, number four, stars in your eyes. Uh, hmm, I'm not quite sure what that one means either. <laughs> Number three is tornadoes. Oh lord! Uh, that one, that one is accurate. Yeah, that one. That we we true. get, we do get the random, occasional tornadoes. Uh, let's see. That was number three. Oh, number two was humidity. <laughs> um, with the caption, That's "Your hair dies, your morals die, you will live, uh, your will to live dies." That's okay. That, and, that's that's more understanding. 
But yeah. I, like the first thing that popped my mind is how the fuck do you die of humidity? Number one, rapid weather change. Yeah. I I can I can roughly I can agree with that. Um okay, so you thought it was going to be sunny today. Well it is. Then there's going to be crazy lightning storms, scads of rain, and you'll think it's December, except it's still hot. Thanks, Tennessee. Real cool. Yeah. I mean, again. Oh, okay. I see what stars in your eyes. It kind of explains it. Um, Do you know how many famous people live in Tennessee? A lot. <laughs> And it says, for good reason, who wouldn't want to live in heaven on earth? Uh, uh, that last part's a little deba debatable. Oh, okay. Used to Too... be more likely to be shot than killed by a tornado. Yeah. Too much of good, good, good thing. Fried chicken and taters. It'll catch up with you later, we promise. Mm -hmm. So that, that one's fair. Yeah, we are. Mm -hmm. The snakes, it says, they're in the water, they're under rocks, and on rocks, in the woods, and fields. Please watch your step. If you avoid them, they will leave you the fuck alone. Uh, that, actually, there we do have one snake that will chase you, and it's the water moccasin or copperhead. Yeah. Um, I find it absolutely hilarious. Uh, I, now, me, myself, I have been chased by a water moccasin uh i was in a canoe i was smart enough to smack it with ore <laughs> smack um civil war enactments here's some gunfire maybe a couple cannons well in case you didn't know tennessee is constantly helping the south rise again uh even though the south technically never rises again they do do it accurate to the history uh, and the North wins all of the battles that they should have won. Um, but there has been an accidental canner, cannon discharge that did kill someone. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was loaded. No shit, Sherlock. That's obvious. <laughs> I think the funnest Civil War reenactment that I've been part of was paintball related, and we shot a paintball cannon. That's how you do it. Yeah. Like, no one died. Several people were covered in paint. Uh, and there was also, like, a fear that someone might drown. But again, that just kind of goes back to the stupidity. Right. Uh, you know. We can't help that. Exactly. Uh, terrifying things in Tennessee that can and just might kill you. Uh, hiking to water, hiking to waterfalls. Yeah, I've I've known someone who has accidentally fucking been dumb enough to fall because they were trying to find the waterfall and fell off the waterfall. Yet didn't see the. There is no ground past this point. Okay. Right. Brown recluses. <laughs> yeah, brown recluses and black widows. Yeah, we have those. We got those down here too. Uh, the black bears in the mountains. We have a lot of wolf yeah, spiders, but they're they're harmless as long as you don't fuck with them. Yeah. 
Gatlinburg it's... traffic will kill someone. Um, a farmer with an itchy trigger finger, that is accurate. Yep. Especially if you're on his property in the middle of the fucking night. Yeah, someone posted under the photo, we believe in our second amendment rights down here, so don't be doing anything fishy in the dark. Right. It may not end well. Right. Uh, number two is also a very valid one, a hunting accident. Um, And number one is very valid, getting lost, lost in the wilderness, yeah. Those are those are decent. All right, I give them credit on those. We have spiders, we have snakes, rattlesnakes, copperheads, cottonmouths. We have black widows, we have brown recluses, we have scorpions See, out in West it, Texas. It throws people off when I tell them that we do have rattlesnakes in, in Tennessee, oh, yeah, and they're like, "No, no." I'm like, "Yeah, country. yeah, we have we have diamondback rattlesnakes." We have like a ten, fifteen footer that lives on Galveston Beach. Down in the jetties area down there. Lands, it lives in the same lands. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the area where this thing lives is an animal sanctuary. So it's illegal to go back there. And so get he's it. he's protected. He's protected by the law. Yeah. <laughs> and every now and then, like, people would just be on the beach and whatnot. And then you'll just see, like, a little section clear. And you'll see this massive fucking diamondback rattlesnake just come slithering out. Go into the water and just... Swim out a little bit, swim in the the surf and everything, and then turn around and go back in after he cools off. Yeah. And it's just like, people just learn. Don't fuck with him, he ain't gonna fuck with you. That's the way most of shit is. Don't fuck with it, and it won't fuck with you. Um, I think probably one of the more fun events that I've had with snakes here in Tennessee is I'm not terrified of a rattlesnake. I don't know why people don't understand this because I keep telling people at some point I'm going to own a King Cobra. Yeah. Um, therefore, the fear of a rattlesnake does not really terrify me that bad. It's going to bite me. It's going to hurt. I'm going to get sick. Right. Um, I mean, but you're, you're walking through the woods. You hear a rattle. You stop yeah. moving. You locate where the rattle's coming from. You move the opposite direction. That yeah, see, I was to let you know that you are too close to him and or her or whatever it has in that little general area, and you need to go the opposite way. Yeah, I didn't go the opposite way. That was my only issue. <laughs> like I, so I'd heard it rattle. I located it, and then it just so happened that there was a field mice running, and I I caught the field mice, and I threw it at the rattlesnake. It struck it and went to eating it, and it was fine. It slithered off. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, cool. You is cool. You feed me. The entire time, the girl I was dating at the time was freaking the hell out. Um, Oh, my God. Your dumbass is going to get bit by a rattlesnake and die. I'm like, it's at the door. We're literally 15 minutes from a hospital that has antivenom. I'm fine. If I get bit, let's just get me to the damn hospital. Right. I'm good. Exactly. No need to panic. This, I was like, this is not a cobra. This is not a bite that is going to kill me. Right. And please, whatever you do, do not try to suck the venom out of wherever it bites me, because that's just going to envenomate you. Thank you. Nice. All right, puppet. I gotta get me something to eat, because I took my medicine a couple hours ago, and I can feel it hitting. 
let's go ahead and wrap this one on up. I'll get it spliced together and the audio sent over to you to upload and I'll upload it to YouTube. So, once again, I mean, yeah, I jumped on a bike. Oh yeah, once again, I this is Sap Wrestling. I am one of your hosts, six one seven. You can catch me like it's spelled down here. Six one is spelled normal. Seven is spelled S E V three N. You can catch me on Twitch.tv, spelled this way. YouTube spelled this way. Twitter spelled this way. Instagram spelled this way. Snapchat spelled this way. If I'm missing anything, it it you can probably find me with the Google search by searching this yeah. right here. I'm going to toss it on over this way to my co-host over here. Let him do uh, his favorite bits. Yep, I am PuppetMaster2191. You can find me streaming on Twitch once I get my new computer. Um, I will be back to streaming regularly, which I cannot wait for. Um, you can also find me a majority time here on the podcast. Um, and now comes my favorite part of everything. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, and leave comments. We like reading them. Um, if you're listening on podcast platforms, i.e. Spotify and Apple Music right now, because or not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts right now, because I'm still trying to figure out how to get us on Google Podcasts. Uh, that, that one's a little bit tricky, but we're working on it. Um, leave us a rating, a review. You know, get us in that algorithm. Get us on there. Uh, again, we do apologize for not being able to post at our normal schedule. Um, but weather kind of foobarred all of that. So yep. we got to you. We got it up as soon as possible. Um, so this was our our Brody Lee tribute show, as well as just kind of a ah, this is what happened. Welcome to the life of a Tennessean and a Texan. You know? General bullshittery. <laughs> um, besides that, don't forget Rogue Energy. Code PUPPETMASTER. Get you 10% off at your checkout. Uh, really good. I can officially say that because I've tried some of the flavors. <laughs> Green Apple's really good. Cookies and cream is... Yeah, cookies and cream is like Oreos in a cup. Um, dragon fruit mango, super good. And cherry limeade, super tardy, but super good. Yep. Um, and then Six can tell you about the great popsicle. Mine's not come in yet, but that is the next one that I've ordered. Um, popsicle is damn good. My next so, order, I'm going to get a sample pack. I'm probably going to get the cookies and cream. Try it out. Go from there. You know, I, I got to thinking about this. So you could technically get you another tub of the Great Popsicle yep. and in your sample pack, get you a couple, like, because the sample pack is five flavors that you pick. You yep. can get you the cookies and cream to try it and see how it would go before you order the tub. Yeah, I may do that. Because I, you have to use, what, almond milk? Is it all is milk right? or is it regular milk? Well, I mean, it mixes in regular milk, but I don't, like, I know Joel, Joel can't drink a lot of regular milk because of the 
carbs in it, I think. Mm, I wasn't told that. Yeah, well. But I mean, uh, I don't know. Or no, no, I'm sorry. He can't drink. He can't drink dairy because of uh, some other medication that he's on. For he's got a skin, skin thing, and the dairy counteracts the medicine that he has to take to clear that up. Yeah. That's what it was. But um, yeah. So you'd be fine on that. My bad. It's someone else I was talking to that said they'd have to mix it in almond milk, and I don't remember who that was. Mm. But yeah. Um. Again, RogueEnergy.com, Puppet Master at checkout. A uh, really cool thing is generally they will, like your orders, they'll send you a code that'll get you 25% off your next purchase. Um, and I thoroughly encourage you to use that. I don't get a kickback if you use that because it only lets you do one code. 25% off is not a bad deal. Oh, did you um, get the, the $10 gift card to FanFit Gaming, too? No, I, I didn't get a $10 gift card. I got a sticker and a 25% discount thing. You got a sticker. I wanted a sticker. <laughs> yeah, I got a sticker. got nothing I'm going to use right now. So, brand new. Actually, actually, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. The back of my iPad is now my sponsorship nice. board. Kapow! <laughs> nice. <laughs> Can't beat that, man. But yeah. Um, other than that, you can find us here generally every Monday. Um, but starting next week or the week after, you're going to see us here Mondays to hopefully Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Uh, uh, mainly Mondays and Thursdays, but when we have like show reviews, they'll be on the Tuesdays. Uh, except for the Austin podcast, the Austin podcast will be on a Tuesday, not a Monday. Yep. Let's see. Schedule here. Uh, Two twenty-two. Technically, that's tomorrow. We're supposed to be Undertaker. Yep. But we may also roll in Elimination Chamber at the beginning with the Undertaker. Uh, I can go ahead and say this. I know we said that we were going to cover NXT uh, Vengeance Day. Yeah. Um, the show the the show itself was decent. Um, both the Dusty Classic matches were phenomenal, and of course, uh, Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. Yeah. Amazing. Um, biggest thing from the night was Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole and essentially the breaking of Undisputed Air. Hmm. Uh, Adam Cole. So essentially, they came out of the Undisputed Air, minus Bobby Fish since he's injured. Um, comes out. They save Balor because Pete Dunn and uh, Larkin and Bert Birch are um, attacking Balor. Uh, O'Reilly, Strong, Cole come out. They kind of make the save. Uh, there's a moment where it looks like Balor is going to essentially bullet club things. Yeah. And as he gets ready to do his pose, Adam Cole super kicks him, um, which he sold really well. Looks like he kicked the soul out of him. <laughs> um, and then O'Reilly is kind of fussing, like him and O'Reilly getting like this, you know, what are you doing? Why would you do this? Da-da-da-da. 
And um, he then kicks the life out of Kyle O'Reilly with the super kicks. Again, Kyle O'Reilly sold it. Looked like he killed him. He even had like the strong hand, you know, the curled up hand laying across the body. Like he he had strong arm going. Um, overall, that show was that show was a decent show. Um, it wasn't up there with some of the more recent ones, but it was still a very good show to watch. Um, so I think we'll just say that that kind of covers the NXT show. Um, not really anything major other than you would have liked the Dexter Loomis spot. I may have to see if it's on YouTube. It, he he kidnaps Austin Theory. <laughs> Um, so Gargano, Larray, that little group, the way they're doing this whole pre pre match thing, and it shows them as they're heading towards for Johnny to come out. And as they're walking, uh, Austin Theory's kind of in the back of the group, and Loomis just kind of comes out of nowhere and chloroforms him and drags him <laughs> off, and no one realizes it until Johnny is out in front of the like he's out on top of the ramp doing his entrance and he he goes to high five Austin and there's no high five and he looks and then he looks at him and he goes, where's Austin? <laughs> so then he sends them back to look for Austin and like they're gone the entire match. Um, but it was hilarious to watch. Um, Austin showed back up on NXT this past Wednesday and he was like, they're like, where have you been? He goes, I've been on vacation. I, I've been watching cartoons and eating Fruit Loops. <laughs> and like they're kind of, he's like, I mean, it's kind of weird. I remember getting ready to go to the ring. Then I don't really remember anything, but I was on vacation. Really nice. There was beaches, nice girls, all this. <laughs> and and they look at him. They're like, you're not worried that you don't remember three days of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! All right. Uh, so that was that. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, ding ding, uh, help get us in that algorithm uh, for at least the video version of the podcast. And who knows, we may come up with some other content that we may post on here. You never know. You never know. I do have Fire Pro Wrestling. Yes. We need to sit down one day and maybe mock up some characters that we can use and start our own little promotion with it. Oh, yeah. I've also got I 2K19. Yeah, I saw that you were playing 2K19. So, yep. I uh, picked it up. I picked up a few of the DLCs and everything. So, yeah. I'm trying to get the, the hang of that. Like I've been going through universe mode and... I don't know. It's not what I thought it would be. Oh, no, no. I thought Universe Mode would be like, you know, you control over one brand, but no, you're over everything, but you don't really yeah. have much control over the matches and stuff like that. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, it's not like GM Mode was. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for, like, well, that's what I like about Fire Pro, because they have a true GM Mode. Yeah, that Fire Pro of everything. Mode. So... Man, that fire promotion mode is that's that's my bread and butter. I love I love me some fire promoter. Oh god. I think I've got like fifteen hours just in fire promoter. Like so far I've got two different fire promoters. 
No, I've got three. And I think all three of them, I'm in like the... One of them, I'm at like $20 million in the bank. Nice. Uh, the other ones, I'm in like $5, 10000000 million in the bank. Nice. Respectively. And I'm just like... I, I know it's bad because... You can almost look and see who's going to match up good with who. Yeah. And the fact that if you have two people that are like a hardcore style or a, a strong style. Right. You can change their match to where it is like a strong style match and get a higher rating. Um. So, yeah, you just kind of match up styles and stuff and it. It flows together, but. Yeah, the first promotion uh, that I did was a hardcore one. It was just doing like month after month of hardcore, and like by the sixth month after the the sixth event that I did, all but two of my wrestlers were gassed out. <laughs> yeah. So there's like nothing uh, I could do. Like they need the next three months off, so I spent like the next three months of like not doing a fucking show. Yeah. Uh, snacks. I'll if you do any kind of merchandise, I always start out with snacks. Okay. Because they're only good for that one month, but yeah. they generally sell out. Okay. And it, I think it's like, I think it comes out to being ten times what you pay is what you make from it. So, not a bad little mm-hmm. turnover. Yep, I'll have to remember that whenever I fire back up again. And then, like, once you get to a certain point and you have, like, your dojo or your gym leveled up some and you can get more wrestlers, yeah. Um, try to build relationships with other companies by loaning out some of yours or borrowing some of theirs for your shows. Yeah. Essentially, what you can do is you can borrow their champions. Yeah. You can put them in matches against like your superstars and see who's a good competition and who has a better win rate against them. Yeah. And then you can challenge them to a cross-promotion event and take their titles. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I ended up recruiting a, a wrestler. Wasn't paying too much attention. Turns out it was a female performer. And then like the next month when I went to go to try and find like competition for her, there was like no other female wrestlers up for draft for me to sign so i was like okay let's just see how she does so i put her up against like my heavyweight champion that i have she mopped the floor with his ass mm-hmm. i was like okay so i put her up with, like maybe it's a fluke bad match put her up with somebody else she mopped the floor with him she's undefeated she's beat everybody in my fucking roster i'm like you know what next event you're getting a fucking title shot <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's i absolutely love doing fire promoter because i can feel like i run a company and it's nice because you got to pay attention to what all is going on and who's performing well and all that shit. So, um, it's something definitely different. I will tell you also watch the like the beginning of the month. Yeah. When it's giving you like information. Yeah. When it tells you that so and so and so and so have an interesting feud or have have started a rivalry and it would be good to put them in a show. Yeah. If you put them in like a high, uh, higher up on the card, yeah, uh, one on one or whatever, like you will damn near double your income nice. because people are going like you'll almost guaranteed sell out the show. Nice. 
So there's there's little things like that to watch. Weird. Um, and it'll tell you when people are unhappy and won't talk to you. This, this, that, and the other. And you can also send your guys out to other countries. Yep. To improve their stats. So. Yep. Yeah, I've done that with a couple of them. <laughs> send them out on expeditions. Yep. I get someone who like. I'm real bad about when I have guys that I've got on contracts and they've no-showed two, two shows. Yeah. They're going on an expedition for in another country for three months. <laughs> okay, well, you've no-showed me twice now. Take yeah. your ass to Japan. Have fun. Right. All right, so, we're going to go ahead and cut off here. And yep, we will yep. see y'all, weather permitting, hopefully Monday. <laughs> for another yeah. installment of the podcast what again, taker i'm 617 that's puppet master 2191 and we will catch you in the next show yep, yep. peace peace our next one's what taker